The Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show, episode number 40. Welcome to the show where we help you make smart nutrition simple so that you can fuel your best with less. Less time, less money, and less stress. I'm Ben Brown, co-founder and CEO of BSL Nutrition, and I'm excited to have you join me on this journey. Each week, I'll be sharing expert advice from leaders in the field of nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and supplementation who actually practice what they preach and are also on a mission to positively impact as many people as possible in a meaningful way. Today's episode is brought to you by my nutrition company, BSL Nutrition, and our all-in-one training drink called Complete Essentials. When you use the Complete Essentials, you'll no longer need pre, during, and post-workout supplements. You can save time, money, and energy, and get all the beneficial nutrients you need in one delicious, easy-to-mix drink. Make sure you guys stay tuned after the show where I'll share a nice little discount for all of our listeners on your first product purchase. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 40 of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. I'm your host, Ben Brown, co-founder and CEO of BSLNutrition.com. Today on the show, I have Brian Hardy, who is a holistic nutritionist. He's a wellness advisor and helps busy professionals revitalize their guts so they can dissolve anxiety, experience joy, and perform better than ever before. He's an avid biohacker, lover of the natural world, and host of his own podcast called Redefining Reality Podcast. And without further ado, let's jump into the show. Brian, what's up, brother? Welcome to the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. How you doing? I'm doing well, Ben. Thanks for having me. Uh, dude, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I'm really interested in finding out more about you and your business and the things that you've been up to. Uh, with that said, what's going on in your world right now? Yeah, so it's currently, you know, beginning of February. I'm up here in Toronto, so it is nice and cold and wintry. Um, sun is shining, which is a nice change. But man, it's been a, it's been a crazy year. It's been a crazy year thus far. And just uh, finding a lot of synergy and a lot of uh, support for what it is I've been working on um, in people really that are, that are ready to you know, invest in themselves and take those next steps towards feeling better. So it's been a busy time, but it's been a fun time, lots of learning. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just you know, trying to ride the waves as best I can. Nice, man. It sounds like you're always in, I mean, from what I've, what I've seen from you, it sounds like you're in this perpetual state of, of growth, like everything you're doing, you're working on, on self growth, and then utilizing that, those, you know, learn methodologies and and everything that you're learning with yourself, you're then taking and, and driving in with, with your clientele. Does that sound like a fair statement? Definitely. Definitely. I mean, it's kind of, I think it's, it's common for folks like us and people in our industry and our profession um, that, I mean, you kind of get addicted to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you're not either learning something or having new experiences or, you know, meeting new people, I tend to lose interest real quick. So <laughs> it's almost like I have to be constantly learning and applying and, and, and adapting and evolving. Otherwise, I get bored and depressed and that's no fun. So in a nutshell, what is it that, like, what are the broad strokes that you're working on with yourself and that you're working on ingraining with your clientele? Yeah, so for myself, it's been um, continued refinement of the nutrition pieces um, and mm-hmm. implementing some of what I pretty much refer to as almost like underutilized or forgotten nutrients, right? Things like CBD and cannabinoids um, and things like uh, psilocybin, 
right? Um, different, different natural plants, uh, mushrooms, and so forth that have really great therapeutic effects that have been pretty much eliminated from most people's diets and put relegated into this weird world of drug or illegality or whatever it is. Sure. Um, when truly these are some miraculous substances and fantastic um, plant teachers, if you will, that have a lot to share and a lot to offer when used in a really, you know, conscious, respectful manner. And so integrating more of that into my own process um, and with some of my clients to help open up, you know, open up perception, open up awareness and allow messages to sink in deeper into the body. Um, so there's that. I've been playing around with what's essentially my first physical product um, that is a uh, keto-friendly chocolate truffle mm. that if you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, you've probably seen me posting about those little fat bomb. Yeah, it looks um, delicious. Oh, so good. So good. So, uh, yeah, I mean... I mean, there's that and then bringing that in a, in a more cohesive package, getting more organized because organization has not been my forte <laughs> historically. I'm a bit of a mad scientist, um, but putting it, all, putting it all together and getting a team to support that has been really helpful. So let's talk a little bit about the CBD and the uh, can, cannabinoids um, because that's something that I'm personally not super familiar with and that we haven't really talked about on the show. And I'd love to learn more about those, how they would be best utilized, who they would be appropriate for, um, and kind of for what specific conditions, um, you know, we could, we could look to those. So maybe just, you know, give us a little bit of a, uh, you know, a, a input on that. Definitely, definitely. So the way I think about CBD and CBD being one of many cannabinoids um, that's getting a lot of popularity right now, getting a lot of interest um, for a few reasons. Number one, it is a very, very potent anti-inflammatory. And the more that I study health, the more it seems evident that inflammation and chronic inflammation is at the root of most whether it's depression, uh, even you know cancers, uh, diabetes, there's always an inflammatory um, sort of root cause that's going on. So CBD is great in that regard in terms of being a very, very strong anti-inflammatory without the negative side effects of something like uh, you know over-the-counter uh, pain meds. Sure. And it's a systemic anti-inflammatory. So it's not only going to work in the gut um, and support balanced digestion, help with IBS, uh, even help with mood, right? We know the gut-brain connection, inflammation in the gut, inflammation in the brain, you know, hard to feel good when your gut's inflamed. So it's not only going to help with those things, but it's also going to um, deliver that, that effect, that anti-inflammatory effect to wherever the body really needs it, right? And... In terms of who it would best suit, I mean, for me, if you're living in a modern city, mm -hmm. you're a candidate. Pretty much anyone, right? Yeah, but primarily if people have diabetes, um, Alzheimer's, or, the, or the, the warning signs of Alzheimer's um, could be really, really helpful. And I, I just see it as, you know, part of the, you know, now essential nutrients for optimal living, right? You want a certain amount not too much because you don't need too much and you can get a bit stoned feeling depending on the form you're taking. 
but just enough, you know, to sort of take the edge off and ease you into that more relaxed, present, um, you know, state that's conducive to just creativity, flow, and feeling like yourself. So with the CBD, that's something that we can get over the counter. I mean, that's what's sold in supplements. There's, there's specific CBD supplements. Is that correct? Yeah. So depending where you're living, um, you'll have either more or less access. Like in California, for instance, I was in Erwan back in the fall and they had a whole host of CBD products um, that were all hemp based, right? So derived from hemp, not cannabis. So there's no THC present. Um, and they had a whole host in their, in their shop mm-hmm. that you could just buy. Uh, you can buy them online, pretty easily to find uh, online. Um, and then if people have medical cannabis licenses, depending where they live again, you can get higher CBD products. Um, okay. But yeah, like, the, like I said, there's no real psychoactivity or uh, you know, like psychedelic effect that you might have with THC. It's yeah. a lot more of a grounding, calming um, relaxing effect. And a friend of mine said it best that THC is sort of the feminine aspect of the cannabis plant, whereas CBD is, feels more like the masculine, meaning it's more relaxing and more grounding, uh, stabilizing rather than, you know, going to spark creativity and euphoria. And so that would be for someone, I mean, virtually anyone that's suffering from any inflammatory issues, but specifically like blood sugar related issues, um, like you said, diabetes and even Alzheimer's being a blood sugar related issue down the road. But uh, what about for people like with joint issues um, and you said, you know, gut health, brain fog. So really virtually any kind of uh, inflammatory condition whatsoever. Yeah, well, that's why when I explain it to people, I often have to kind of uh, limit my enthusiasm so they don't think I'm just making up some sort of miracle cure because it's like anti-diabetic, anti-cancer, anti-Alzheimer's, anti-obesity. You know, it definitely is going to help with, you know, arthritic conditions, right? Especially if you're looking at rheumatoid arthritis, which again is an autoimmune, right? So it has that leaky gut connection. So it's going to help with everything, right? I mean, some people obviously are going to react differently, but for most people, it seems to be helpful, if not benign, right? So there's no negatives that I'm seeing, um, only the potential to help. And then depending on dosage, depending on form, because there's obviously different forms, right? So you want what I'm working with is a nanoparticle CBD, so much more highly absorbed than just a crude extract would be similar to something like curcumin, right? You don't sure. want to have just pure, pure curcumin. You want it to be either a phytosome or a nanoparticle so it's absorbed better. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So as with most supplements, as the supplement industry sees the, uh, the potential value and, and, and uh, you know, need for something like that. Of course, there's going to be variations of it that are watered down, so to speak. And so, yeah, I appreciate that. Looking for the good quality form. So we'll have uh, those in the show notes. But is there, it seems like there would be a stigma attached because especially for people that, you know, feel like there's something inherently wrong with uh, marijuana, with THC, therefore the CBD even though it's not something that would get you, for lack of a better term, stoned, um, 
you know, it might be something that people would feel, uh, you know, naturally afraid or apprehensive to use. Is that something that you're seeing? I am seeing it mostly with older folks, um, you know, folks that are more set in their ways and really were, you know, heavily indoctrinated into the whole war on drugs era, yeah. uh, which, is, which is unfortunate. But even still, you know, I'm seeing with those folks, they're just tired of taking pharmaceuticals and being in pain all the time. Right. And so desperation is driving them to be more open and to seek more natural alternatives. And because, like I said, CBD is getting quite popular um, and you're having some great, great, uh, like, for instance, the, um, the Sacred Plant series, which has been going around online. Fantastic series that really lays out the truth about cannabis, the truth about the war on drugs and shows some really great clinical evidence as to its effectiveness. And so people like my parents who are in their mid sixties are seeing these documentaries and being intrigued, right? They're intrigued. They want to find out more. They want to try it. Um, and they want to not have, you know, aching in their joints and their knees and their fingers all the time. Mm. So they are open and it's a, CBD is great in that I can assure them that there is no high whatsoever because oftentimes they're still, they're still anti high. Sure. Which, I mean, the high is good medicine if you have cancer or you're depressed or you're, you know, having a really hard time. It's, it's a good thing to have. But they're not there yet, so it's a nice introduction, right? Just deal with the pain. Just give them some comfort and some relief, and then maybe they'll be open to trying more. But it's a, it's, it's a pretty easy way to introduce something that has um, little, to no si- little to no side effects, um, quite yeah. effective and safe is there so is there a particular dosage that you're seeing to be beneficial and then the second part of that question is what do you what is the research is there you know any legitimate research on cbd benefits that you've seen i've definitely seen quite a few research papers citing cbd and its various effects whether that's you know anti-cancer um anti uh diabetes um just sort of demonstrating how it's acting as an anti-inflammatory mm-hmm. right on the CB1 and CB2 receptors. Sure. So that's definitely in the literature. Um, in terms of dosage, what I found and what I recommend people, if they're using a nanoparticle CBD, is to start with about 10 milligrams and go from there, right? So some people, if they're very sensitive, they might feel 10 milligrams and they might feel, oh, this takes the edge off. I feel a little bit more relaxed, feel a little bit more just centered and at peace. And that works for them, right? Helps them get a good night's sleep. If someone's got serious chronic pain and inflammation or cancer or something more, more on the you know, extreme end, they might need anywhere from 30 to 50 milligrams to more, right? Depending mm-hmm. on what they've got going on. Uh, they might be best suited with a topical, right? I found some great topical products. Um, so you can actually spot treat. Right? So someone who's got arthritis of the knees, rather than taking it internally, they can just do a topical application, get it right into the tissue that they're looking for. Um, and so, you know, 10 milligrams, I find, is a, is a nice starting point, And then you can sort of titrate from there um, as needed. And it would just be 10 milligrams per day or per dose? Uh, how per many times? dose. Per dose. I mean, for someone like myself or someone's just sort of maintaining and seeking to optimize, once a day I find is pretty good. Um, Put it with your morning coffee, right? It's a nice balance to the stimulation. Someone's got pain or or a chronic condition, maybe two to three times a day. Cool. 
Yeah, cool. So I guess that begs the question then, what are, what are you seeing with cannabis use um, as uh, adjunct to the CBD or on its own as it pertains to some of the things that we talked about, infl- uh, inflammation, anxiety, um, you know, things like that? Yeah. So anxiety is a big one. Anxiety is a big one. And it's why I work with the company up here that I do work with. They're called Med Relief, right? So Canada has its whole, has a whole system for medical cannabis and it's very tightly regulated. Mm-hmm. And so they're what's called a licensed producer. So they're legally licensed to grow and distribute and sell medical cannabis to medical patients. And the reason I went with them is because they have a lot of high CBD strains of herb. So you can get a nice balance, right? Because Mm -hmm. if someone like myself, who might be a little bit more prone to anxiety or overstimulation, is going to go out and get some like, you know, 20% THC bud of some kind, that can be very, very, very strong, right? And the times in my life, the first time I ever experienced true anxiety was after smoking some very, very, very strong high THC cannabis. And that was not a good time at all. Um, I talked all about it in the podcast like two weeks ago. But when you have a balanced ratio of CBD with the THC, it's virtually impossible to end up in a panic state just because CBD is such a calming substance. And so I'm finding when people are Uh, imbibing cannabis, particularly with a nice balance of THC to CBD, not only does it help to ameliorate the anxiety they might be experiencing, right, help to just soften them, relax them, um, but it can help with just, you know, bringing on a little bit of an expanded perspective, right, Mm -hmm. to help them get outside of their suffering or outside of the story they may have been living in for who knows how long, um, and, and pull back, right? And see the bigger picture and connect to something bigger than themselves. That's, this is primarily what I use it for is, is to really, in a spiritual nature, pull back and connect to something bigger than myself and find some uh, relief from maybe if, if I've been telling myself a certain story sure. or obsessing about certain thoughts or what have you. Yeah, sure. No, that's really interesting because, you know, I feel like as... Uh, marijuana becomes legalized in different states here in the U.S., there's a lot more people that are starting to experiment with it. And I think it's important for people to be informed on what it is that they should be looking for and understanding that there's different types and there's different strengths. And and so this is actually, I mean, I'm in no, by no means a, a exper- super experienced or avid you know, marijuana user, but I've, I've had my fair share of... Um, forays, if you will, but, you know, understanding that there's different THC to CBD balances. And if you're someone that, uh, someone that airs on the side of more anxious, um, then you may want to be looking for something that has a little bit higher CBD to THC ratio. Um, so that, I think that's, that's really important. And, and so let's, you know, you had talked about um, anxiety. What is it that you're, you know, what are the, what is it that you're seeing with your clients or patients or however you want to call them um, that, you know, is kind of manifesting with this anxiety and and how it's offset by the use of of these med- medicinal properties. 
Yeah, so anxiety I'm really seeing, I mean, just to sort of uh, define it, right, because people might have different understandings of what we're even talking about here. For me, anxiety is sort of that overexcited, pent-up, nervous energy, right? It can manifest as panic or rapid heartbeat or tightness in the chest Mm-hmm. Um, or uncontrollable thoughts that might have more of a negative bent to them. Um, so that's sort of what we're talking about here. Yeah. And at the root of that, I often see either people are forecasting negativity into the future. So they're worried about some potential negative, perceived negative outcome in the future, which is not real yet, but they create it to be so. Sure. Or they are just so disconnected and tight physically tight, like compressed. Their tissues are stuck and compressed and dehydrated. And that is is further um, exacerbating the issue, right? I I am a believer that the body is the mind, right? And vice versa. And so if you can soften the body and open the body, you can soften the mind and open the mind. Mm. Like it can't, they, they, they can't separate, right? Any separation is just an illusion that we like to tell ourselves. And so when we are either giving people the nutrients that allow their system to calm down, right, to get more of the GABA pathway in the brain activated, um, which is the inhibitory neurotransmitter, right, so slowing things down, calming things down, calming the system, you know, taking some deep breaths, all these things are shifting us into that more relaxed nervous system. And when we do so, and when we combine that with, I like to do hands-on physical therapies um, and use topical CBD and or inhaled CBD or full spectrum cannabis, depending on the person. And when you combine these things together within the course of 20 to 30 minutes, you can completely transform someone's experience of their day, of their body, of, you know, life. Because when you allow them, you create the space and allow the environment for them to know that they're okay. Fundamentally, they're okay. They're supported. They're safe. You know, um, that they deserve to feel good and relax, um, give themselves that self-care time. It just, it, I mean, it shifts everything. People go, and I mean, I live in, in a very high, sort of high-strung um, sort of city center, right? Toronto is sort of like the New York of, the, of Canada. So people are very go, 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 get it done, make it happen, you know, caffeine, sleep deprivation, you know, that's sort of the standard. And so when people have the opposite of that, when they experience the contrast that can come from really relaxing into the body and softening your tissues, you know, releasing the tension that builds up in our muscles, in our fascia primarily, mm-hmm. then their mindset improves, their breathing improves, you know, they're more optimistic, they're more just present, right? They're more themselves. And this is why I keep coming back to cannabis as such a, a, such a powerful tool because at the times in my life, when I have been the most depressed, the most anxious, the most disconnected from myself, it's this plant combined with either yoga, uh, self-massage, a walk in the woods that 
transforms my experience of my life, reminds me who I am, what I'm here for, you know, what life can be like, and then gets me back on my path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's powerful, man. I, I think that's so much value in what you just said, but particularly with, you know, the brain gut connection and, and how, you know, uh, basically just the tension in the body and, and, creating tension in the mind and the two being so connected. And, you know, it's like, we know that if we move consistently, we can think clear and, and helping people understand, like sometimes if you're just stuck and you're, like you said, compressed and you're feeling overly anxious, sometimes just getting out and stepping away from the computer or the desk or the going out for a walk and just moving a little bit can open everything up. And, and, uh, you know, give yourself some freedom. So you, you mentioned, Brian, you mentioned fascia and tension. Maybe you could just give us a, a really brief overview of what you mean by fascia. What is it? And kind of why is it relevant to tension in the body? How do we you know, work with it? And what will it do for us if we can figure out a way to, to open it up for most people? Does that make sense? Definitely, definitely. So um, a little precursor for anyone who is wants to dive deeper, there's a great book called Anatomy Trains. Great book. Anatomy yeah. Trains, right? That's a, that's a deep dive into fascia. So, But the simple, you know, if I can break this down as simple as possible, fascia is pretty much a webbing. It's like a very thin webbing, a collagenous, you know, connective tissue, um, almost like a, like a sheet. Like, a, like it encases our entire system, right? From the t- top of our head to the bottom of our mm-hmm. toe, there's a continuous net of this silvery webbing. You know, if you've ever butchered an animal, you would see fascia in there. Um, if you've ever done an anatomy lab and seen cadavers, you've likely seen fascia. But it's this webbing that holds us together. Um, it appears that it stores emotional energy Right, so when you have an emotional uh, blockage, or you know, in Chinese medicine, your chi isn't flowing well, or you've got scar tissue. This is how I came to know about fascia was through scar tissue. Mm-hmm. Um, then you get the uh, the stagnation of that energy flow, right? And by addressing fascia instead of just muscles and bones and ligaments, um, we can really do wonders to increase our mobility right? And to relieve pain from the body and to allow things to flow that much better. Um, And because our body is constantly repairing and healing itself, it will lay down fascia or lay down connective tissue to reinforce either our posture or to reinforce a injury, right? To heal an injury. And so... We end up, if we're not, you know, doing things like getting massages, foam rolling, uh, doing fascial stretch, stretch kind of work, we can end up with excess tissue that will contribute to uh, stiffness, right? It'll mm-hmm. contribute to uh, impingement and just uh, literally limit our expression of who we are, both physically, mentally, and so forth. So, you know, it's funny that it's, it's funny that you brought up fascia because I, I actually was just in a seminar this past weekend with a, 
a DO who's he's local in Phoenix here. His name's um, Dr. Ghana, uh, Gina. Uh, I'm going to butcher his last name. I think it's Gina Galan. And he's kind of a sports medicine doc, but his kind of one of his niches is, is dealing with fascia and helping people understand the importance of fascia. And the way he describes it is fascia is actually its own organ. And, and, and essentially, like you said, it's, it's the way that it, it's the fascia that connects everything in the body because without it, nothing really is connected. And so it, it's basically what helps create stability um, throughout the body. And, and so where there's areas of stress, um, it can put more tension on certain areas of the body. So if you can imagine, you know, there being excess tension in the uh, fascia behind the right knee, well, it's not necessarily that you're going to feel pain um, in the right knee, but possibly you could feel pain in your neck or in your left shoulder. If you can imagine like a, a spider web, whereas one area of the web is becoming tight or pulled. If you were to maybe push something into the web, well, then the other area, maybe the, the uh, opposite end of the web would start to stretch. And that very well could be an area where you would start to experience pain or, you know, stress or something like that. So it's very, very interesting um, what we're starting to see about fascia because it's something that's been so highly overlooked to the degree that, you know, a lot of doctors will talk about that are in the know will talk about is their experience in medical school when they were dissecting cadavers is basically their lecturers were just like, yeah, they'd cut away fashion and be like, ah, don't worry about it. You know, it's, it's like, it's not important, but it's yet it's this like interconnected web of tissue throughout the body. So with that said, and to help people get a better understanding is what are ways that people can uh, start to, experience uh, or what are things that people can do to help improve the uh, balance of tension through their fascia or help stretch the fascia so that things become more in balance? Yeah. So I have to give credit to the folks at Clear Passages. Um, when I was experiencing small bowel obstructions back in 2012, they really were a lifesaver for me. And they taught me how to uh, sort of work through and dissolve some of the tension in the fascial network and primarily through deep tissue, um, long hold massage. So their research was showing that after the 92nd mark of applying a deep pressure to the tissues, that the collagen fibers would start to unwind and would start to loosen and become more pliable, right? And so what this looked like for me was you know taking a softball or a lacrosse ball and jamming it into the areas that were the most constricted and the most tight and then just hanging out there right mm -hmm. just breathing as deeply as possible i usually put a podcast or an audio book on so i can you know distract myself a little bit and learn but uh just hanging out there and after you know a minute minute and a half two minutes the tissue will soften you'll notice it you're softening right the pain will start to subside and at that point, you want to slowly move just a little bit, keeping that pressure so you're still getting the depth and the, the stretch on the tissue and move just slightly until you find another spot and then do the same thing. 
right? And you do this for 30 to 60 minutes, depending on your, your schedule and what you've got going on. Mm-hmm. And after that time, you have literally uh, broken down some of the connective tissue and allowed for mo- mo- more motion, more motility, more mobility to come back into the system, right? Mm-hmm. So you've lengthened and opened up those tissues. At that point, you want to make sure you get up, walk, right? You walk to integrate the body work. So make sure you're walking with good posture, good form, drink lots of water, and that's that, right? And so depending where you have the tightness, depending on what sort of an injury someone might be dealing with, that's a real simple, you know, straightforward, easy way to get started with yeah. this type of work that you can do at home, you know, for free, essentially. Um, there's also people that are trained in fascial stretch therapy, right? That's a whole uh, sort of modality that you can have a practitioner do on you, which can be helpful to get a bit of an understanding. Um, it's also something called Eldoa, which yeah. is quite cool. That's uh full body stretches that you can actually combine if you wanted to. And I have done this combine with deep tissue massage, right? So, so you have some stickiness behind your right shoulder blade, stick a golf ball in there, go into one of these fully extended postures and then breathe and then shift the golf ball a little bit and breathe and move around. So infinite ways on how to, you know, combine these things and stack them up. Um, I always prefer to have a little bit of cannabis in my system to help soften my the body and increase my pain tolerance while I'm doing this kind of work because it can be very uncomfortable. But um, that's that's how people can get started. Yeah, beautiful. I, I think that was very well explained. I've found a tremendous amount of value in some long hold stretches for numerous imbalances in the body, but you know particularly people have extremely tight hip flexors and quadriceps muscles and and calf muscles specifically. And so doing some long hold stretches uh, coupled with some soft tissue uh, really works well. So I appreciate you sharing that. So let's just, what I'd love to do is I'd love to jump into some nutrition because obviously this is a nutrition focused uh, show. Um, so I'd love to find out just, uh, kind of some of the big needle movers that you're plugging in with you, you know, with yourself, but more, more specifically that you're seeing, um, with your clients that are helping them with their, and, you know, we mentioned anxiety, but specifically helping with inflammation, weight loss, um, improvement of health. What are some of the big things that you focus on and, you know, as it pertains to your, your nutritional belief system? Yeah, so currently I'm finding a lot of success and really like liberation for myself and for clients. And I tend to attract, you know, uh, entrepreneurial type of characters, right? People that want to be able to just be in the zone and function at a high level and stay focused, have good energy. And so uh, incorporating intermittent fasting, I think, is really foundational. Right, so getting people to not eat for a minimum of twelve hours every day, mm-hmm. work that up to potentially sixteen hours, or just keep you know keep uh, breakfast as like an elixir of some sort. Uh, whether people are doing the whole bullet- bulletproof approach or some sort of a greens elixir, um, so um, do you? Uh, excuse me for interrupting, yeah. but do you practice? from starting from the night before fasting until the first meal of the next day or um, 
Do you practice more, have everyone consume calories in the morning, but stop, you know, at a certain point earlier in the day? If that, does that make sense? Yeah. So I think the ideal scenario is to stop earlier in the day, right? Because going to sleep, um, having fasted already for like four hours or so tends to be the most restful and regenerative sleep. Yes. But a lot of people aren't there yet, right? They want to be able to have more of a a later dinner um, and then go until maybe like noon the next day. Mm -hmm. So it depends on the person, depends on their goals, whether they want to lose weight, whether they need to lose weight, whether they're already feeling pretty good, right, on that sort of a thing. But uh, without, yeah, without changing what people are eating, but just restricting it in that time window, I find to be really, really helpful. Um, And then in terms of uh, working with folks, I mean, my template is always more of a um, lower carb, right? Higher fat, um, sort of like cyclical ketogenic type of thing, right? Working towards that, you don't have to go full keto, but just getting rid of the excess, excess uh, carbohydrates, excess sugars, um, really prioritizing lots of vegetables, right? Lots of leafy greens, uh, greens powders, I find to be really helpful for folks. Um, so they're making sure they're getting all their micronutrients um, without needing to get a ton of calories, right? Um, but making sure to not overdo it with the protein um, and to, to make sure they're getting clean sources of their fats. Um, so, you know, staying away from the vegetable oil, staying away from the uh, damaged fats, you know, getting lots of good, healthy, saturated fats, things like avocados, olive oil, macadamia nuts, whole mm-hmm. eggs, you know, you name it. And uh, yeah, and then just playing around because everyone's different and everyone has different goals, different lifestyle, different needs. Um, I really just work with folks to help dial in what works best for them. So, you know, for instance, I've got a client in New York City who is raising funds for a venture and uh, he's doing more of what we might call a warrior style diet, right? So he's having pretty much like a, a bulletproof matcha latte for his breakfast, right? So lots of good fat. Um, and then it's his supplements. And then lunch is very light, maybe an avocado, some cucumber, some nuts, some seeds. And then he's having one main dinner meal, right? Mm-hmm. And that works well for him. It's simple. It's easy. It doesn't take a lot of time or preparation, um, which I'm a big fan of, right? Yeah. Because I've, I've been there where you're, you know, cooking and preparing, you know, three meals a day for yourself every day. And it's a lot of time, right? You got to buy the stuff. You got to clean the stuff, chop the stuff, cook the stuff, eat the stuff, you know, clean the dishes. Like it's a lot of time. And uh, our bodies just don't need that much food when you give them, you know, all of the essentials that they need, whether through supplementation, you could play with some amino acids, um, been playing with exogenous ketones with some mm-hmm. good success. And uh, yeah, the body, when you give it what it needs, um, does really well with less. So yeah, that's a bit about where I'm sort of exploring these days. No, it's great. That, that's, that's all really good stuff. I appreciate you sharing that. And you're right. The body doesn't need a lot of food, but it needs a lot of nutrition. And so if we can work to get the most nutritionally dense food, it really doesn't have to be a ton. 
And, and so in whatever capacity it works for you and, you know, absolutely keep it easy for people so that it can be realistic long-term and then move, you know, move your body consistently is huge for people and, and for, for health, for, for brain function, um, all of those things. So Brian, let me ask you, who are, um, two or three people or resources that, you know, you have learned from in the past year that you're continuing to learn from? Uh, One that jumps out is Daniel Vitalis, Daniel Vitalis. And uh, he has the Rewild Yourself podcast, which is a phenomenal podcast, which uh, does talk quite a bit about nutrition. And he's got the whole ancestral health sort of hunter-gatherer template that he's striving towards. Um, So lots of wild foods, foraged foods, hunted foods, and uh, yeah, it's you know he makes a very clear case that um, the more wild foods we can get into our diet, the more healthy and robust we will be as a species. Mm. Um, and I just love his perspective on you know the whole human domestication ideal or idea, um, and and helping break people out of that box. So he's been very 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 informative. When you say wild foods, what's Give me a couple examples of what you're referring to. Yeah. So, I mean, in my life, that might look like chaga mushroom, right, that I'll go forage for. Um, Any wild mushroom that's edible, right? So, reishi, chaga, um, turkey tail, uh, shiitake, I mean, anything, anything that you're going to find in like the woods. Uh, You can do dandelion, right? Dandelion is super healthy in the springtime. Those are abundant and everywhere. Um, uh, what yeah. else? I mean, if you're a hunter or a fisher, right, and you're getting access to some to some wild foods, yeah, um, and all Perfect. sorts of little herbs, right? Tons of little herbs. Perfect. Um, yep. Perfect. Love it. Um, and and then you were going to say someone else. Ben Greenfield is definitely one of the top resources that I've come across. Um, you know, thought leaders, people mm-hmm. that are just putting themselves through the ringer and sharing <laughs> and documenting, and uh, I mean. I can't even name the amount of uh, get different guests and people that he's had on over the years. Um, yeah. Yeah, I will name one who had a, had a very contrary sort of perspective to a few things, and that was Dr. Thomas Cowan. Mm. Dr. Thomas Cowan. Um, he's done a few episodes with Ben, and uh, he's got a very sort of esoteric understanding of nutrition and plants and uh, health that uh that I found to be really quite cool, really cool and uh and sort of counter to what's maybe seen as more you know popular or mainstream, so he would be another one, and a third one stephen Jenkinson that's uh, Stephen with a ph and he runs a school called orphan wisdom uh he's a published author he is a um uh grief and uh death expert i guess you could say and his book die wise uh, and some of the interviews that he's had completely uh just rocked me rocked me to the core in a great way in a great way and when you hear him speak he sounds like an indigenous elder um and he's a self-proclaimed or self Uh, described white guy from Scarborough and Scarborough is a uh, suburb of Toronto. Um, 
But man, the wisdom that this guy has and the message that he's sharing, I think is very, very timely and very um, essential for us to reconnect to as humans, to come back to um, a sense of what it means to be human and what it means to live well and to live in balance and to respect life and death, right? To not fear death. And it's interesting. I find in a lot of my, my own research and, um, you know, uh, drive behind the whole optimal health and nutrition thing that there's this insidious fear of death at the root of that, that I haven't always been willing to look at, right? It's like, if I can just make the perfect diet and the perfect routine and the perfect social connections, then I, I'll live forever is sort of the unconscious thought process, uh, which I think is very unhealthy. I think is, is actually quite insane for humans to, to have this, uh, uh, you know, irrational fear of death and want to cling to this particular life with such intensity. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just been my own part of my own process on my own journey. Um, but uh, yeah, I can't recommend his stuff enough. Steven Jenkinson. Cool, man. I'll definitely have to check that out. I appreciate you sharing that. So last question for you, brother. If you could only have one meal and I, I took this from uh Chris Wark. Chris Wark has a mm. podcast called Chris Beat Cancer. Have you ever listened to that? Yeah, I like Chris's stuff. Yeah, he's a he's a good dude, and, and I, I like I like his stuff. Um, but so he asks his guests, and I'm stealing this from him. But if you could only have, and it's basically if, if you could only have one meal for the rest of your life, what would that meal be? That's a tricky one, but I'm gonna have to say. It would probably be a some sort of a wild game infused burger, so like a uh, like a bison burger or something. Um, and I'm not even a big meat eater, but if I'm only going to have one thing, it mm-hmm. might as well be the most delicious sort of thing. <laughs> so probably like a bison burger with like guacamole and a fried egg and some a big a big salad, a big fresh salad, and maybe some like. Uh, um, fried plantains or fried sweet potatoes. That'd probably yeah. be, that'd probably be it. That sounds pretty darn good. Ryan, <laughs> Brian, where can people find more about you? Yeah. So you can visit my website. That's brianhardy.ca. Um, or you can find me on Facebook, Brian Hardy, uh, or Instagram at Brian Hardy seven. And that's Brian with a Y and Hardy H A R D Y. Awesome. Brian, it has been an absolute pleasure spending this time with you. I appreciate you coming on the show, taking the time to be with us and share all of your experience and wisdom. And I just want to thank you for everything that you're doing uh, in the world and, and for everyone that needs, you know, that needs our help. And so I appreciate you and, and everything that you're doing. And, and thanks again. Man, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, I love to talk health. I love to talk, you know, consciousness, evolution, growth, and just share, share whatever I can. So it's, it's a true honor and a pleasure. And uh, yeah, man, just grateful to, uh, to have connected. Yeah, me as well. And we're going to have to do it again today. We're just really skimming the surface and I know that we can get a lot deeper. I'd love to talk to you more about medicinal mushrooms and and we can go on and on. And so uh, this will be the first of many, but I appreciate you, brother, and you have a wonderful rest of your day.
Likewise. Thanks so much. Take care, buddy. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode with Brian Hardy. If you want to find any of the resources mentioned in this episode, you can find those links over in the show notes at bslnutrition.com forward slash episode 40. So that's episode 40. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review in iTunes so that we can help more people make smart nutrition simple. This episode was brought to you by BSL Nutrition and the Complete Essentials All-in-One Training Drink. If you've been looking for a comprehensive workout supplement that can help support great energy both in and around your workouts as well as reduce muscle soreness naturally without all the caffeine and artificial sweeteners, then head over to bslnutritionshop.com and type in podcast at checkout for 15% off your first purchase of either grape and or lemon lime.